man. So hopping on uh, episode two, no pressure, no diamonds. Super excited about it. What a great, uh, you know, today's going to be a great experience. Uh, you know, it's really just talking about, you know, how we make decisions, you know, how myself and Thomas, like how we've decided to make decisions when it came to getting involved in deciding to go into business, right? <laughs> you know, and some of you guys might have some of those same, might have had some of those same experiences or a degree of that experience, you know, and so we're going to have a really good talk today. Um, you know, so I'm super excited about it. Uh, so please just don't forget, like, subscribe, share, turn on some post notifications. We appreciate, you know, we are, we're a small channel so far, you know what I mean? For now. <laughs> For now. Um, but, you know, God willing, man, this, this thing will uh, will continue to grow. And we just appreciate the support um, of you guys and everybody that's uh, that's going out and supporting and, and listening. And, and hopefully, um, you know, if we do talk about things that you can possibly implement, implement them. Um, you know, and we, we, we're open to suggestions as well. So if you guys see any, you know, you guys have any ideas or, you know, some things that you guys want to hear, you know, hear us talk about, um, we look forward to, or ideas of, you know, some guests or some people that you'd like to have, have us talk to. And we appreciate that as well, but man, let's just dive into it, man. You ready to dive in? I think so, man. I've been thinking about this and, uh, and I, I kind of struggled with, uh, with kind of, determining what my thought process is when it comes to making decisions. But uh, I think it's going to be a great conversation and I'm excited to see what, you know, kind of what flows out. So uh, yeah, man, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, let me ask you though. Let me ask you, brother. I mean, we, we, we were talking about this for the last few days and uh, you know, we were kind of touched on how we ended up in, you know, business and taking that entrepreneurship journey Um so, so how exactly did that did, did that come to be for you? Man, shoot, this is a story. Hopefully I don't get too too crazy long-winded, but um, you know, it was it was almost in my blood, <laughs> you know, or or felt that way a little bit. Um, because first things first, so my mom is always, you know, and it started with my parents. Um, because my mom is all, you know, always had a career. Right. So she always had like a, you know, some type of career. I know she, she worked at the base for like almost at Edwards Air Force Base for like 30 years, you know, in various roles there, you know, and that was her job. Right. But she always said, my job pays the bills and my business creates our lifestyle. And she always said that. Right. She always said that, you know, it's always kind of stuck into my head. I was like, okay. All right. Seems, seems pretty interesting because, you know, she's had, you know, you know, her and my dad have always had businesses before, like, whether it was real estate, right? I think everybody at one point was in real estate at one point or another, at least in California, right? Whether it was real estate business or whether it was, you know, mortgage or, um, you know, whether it was uh, like, so they always said, or it was, um, what was it going to say? Um, like a network marketing company or something of that, of that nature. They always had side hustles, right? And... And that was always very interesting to me, especially growing up and seeing that. They would literally get off of work and be right back at it. But I always noticed that they had a lot more fun doing doing their business than necessarily, you know, going to work every day. My mom always said, oh, well, you know, I love my job. She, she would say that all the time. Um, but I'd never seen her joyous getting off of work. 
but I always seen her joyous when she was doing business, even when it wasn't great, when it wasn't even great times. Right. You know what I mean? She was joyous. She was like always focused on doing something. So that's where really, you know, that's where the, I guess the, the seed was planted for me early, early on was seeing my parents have businesses of the, for themselves and be excited about, you know, just goals and dreams. They never talked about goals and dreams with their jobs. Right. But they always talked about goals and dreams as it pertained to business. Now for myself, um, now, springing springing forward, you know, some years, man. Um, You know, I personally decided to go in the business when I was frustrated. You know, you know, I was working, you know, I'd go to school, get good grades, get a good job, right? My mom always talked about going to school, getting grades, get a good job. Um, But when it came to, you know, hitting a ceiling, I started hitting ceilings at work, you know? And my first ever job got the rug pulled from under me. So, you know, yeah, so I worked for a company where they closed the job down and didn't tell anybody about it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? The first like real job I had, they closed the doors, didn't tell anybody about it. Boom, rug pulled from under us. And that was it. And I'm talking about people that was out there working for like 15, 20 years at this job, you know, and they thought they was in there. And they literally opened up, oh, oh man, got pushed out. You know, so that was my first real experience of me not being in control. Second experience of me not being in control was, you know, when you would hit promotion and work for a company, great company, you know, in the telecom industry, but you work and you focus on getting promoted and you can't get promoted unless somebody else allows you to. And that was my, and that was my second experience of hitting a, of hitting a ceiling. Um, you know, so at that point, that's when I really decided on focusing in on, I got to find a way. Now, I got to find a way for myself. And then my mom always stayed in my ear. All She always did this. She always stayed in my ear. And, you know, she invited me. Uh, she invited me to like, like a business seminar, to a business seminar, introduced me to some people. But the first time I seen everything, I was definitely not interested. Because <laughs> I thought it was like one of those things, man. I thought it was weird. I was like, oh, this is crazy, you know? But I was dissatisfied. <laughs> I was still dissatisfied. That's so I was like, okay, I could be, you know. So in the my front of my mind, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool, you know what I mean? But you know, but I wasn't necessarily interested at the beginning, right? So I wasn't necessarily interested at the beginning, um, and then I went through more dissatisfaction at my job, even more dissatisfaction, like doing great work at work and s- still not being able to to move forward. So my dissatisfaction level was probably at 11 out of 10. And then my mom was like, hey, I'm telling you, if you want to take, hey, if you want to start taking control of your life, you got to start doing some things to control your life. And she was like, look, take another look. And I was like, okay, I did. And I was like, you know what? If I don't, if I don't decide to do something different, my life's going gonna, gonna to stay the same. Let me, let me ask you something, dude. And I, I hate to interrupt you, but, but I think that there's a critical point to be made here. Um, your mom showed you this opportunity, not once, but twice. Yeah. And the first time your mom showed you this opportunity, somebody who I'm assuming you trust, you respect, you love, know has your best interests in mind, and you still felt like this is one of those things. And it took a whole nother level of dissatisfaction and frustration in order for you 
to even double back and say, okay, I'll take a second look at it. And then at that point, when you looked at it with essentially a new set of eyes based off that frustration and stuff, what, 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 like what happened there? Yo, man. So <laughs> it was, man, with that, I would say tell these people's names, man. It'd be so, so much easier to put names in these stories. Um, but so my dissatisfaction, my dissatisfaction was very high, right? I um, mean, it wasn't the financial, dis it wasn't like a financial dissatisfaction. It was a controlled dissatisfaction because I felt like I, I had my life in, in my hands, right? So, so I felt like, man, I'm, I'm doing good. I can move forward, but I actually couldn't because somebody else had to give me the keys to move forward. Uh, and that was brood. I mean, that right there, I don't know if it was like a heart thing. It was one of those pits in the stomach thing, you know, knowing that I had to, you know, I don't want to say like, you know, <laughs> you know, so in job communities, a lot of nepotism, a lot of this person likes this person, you know, type, type of things, things would happen. Um, but at that point, that's when I was like, you know what? you know, I can't keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. You know, I can't keep, um, you know, that's, that's insanity. You know, that's literally the definition of insanity. So guess what? I got to start changing what I'm doing. And that's when I really seriously, seriously, and this was like serious, seriously, started taking some real strides in going into business. And I was, and, and I, and I let the reins go. And I allowed myself to be coached and mentored, you know, and that was probably one of the, another big, a big leap for myself was allowing other people to coach and mentor me and take me by the reins and be like, Hey, you know what? Surrendering to a process because I'd never been an entrepreneur before that. I never had to, you know, you know, uh, make my own way before that. So, you know, that was, that was, a, that took a lot of, a lot, a lot of mental switching out of me. You know, I, I had a lot of employee in me still at that point. Even going into business, I was still an employee, you know, mentally. You're right. Okay. Yeah. You know, I was still an employee mentally, you know, and I had to really, uh, man, even, you know, it, it, and to be honest, man, it took years to get that out of me. It literally took years to get that employee mindset out of me, man. So, um, that was my decision process. And it wasn't a, you know, you know, you know I'll, we'll, we'll get into a little bit later about like how decisions are made and stuff. But, right. you know, my process was, was really, uh, it, it took a lot, even though it was my mom, even though it was my mom. And some people are like, man, my sister doesn't listen to me. <laughs> my cousins, my, my mom isn't listening to me, man. My mom was telling me about doing business. I seen it a lot. And I even had seeds of, you know, seeds planted in my head of years of experience, but still, you know, still it took multiple times of, you know, and a lot of pressure of dissatisfaction, you know, to, uh, to push me, not to necessarily push me, but for me to really make that decision to be like, you know what, I need to start changing things up for myself. You know, right. so that yeah, was, uh, that was interesting, man. Totally, totally interesting. Control, right. But like figuring out how to get control back in your hands. Like you mentioned, um, you said something at the beginning too, bro, that like has me thinking about kind of my story and, the, um, 
and the journey to entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. but it, it was a little opposite. So you, I love that you started with the example that you had around you. You had an example of parents that had a job that were, you know, hardworking and not quote unquote, they're actually hardworking people. I know them personally um, and, and they're great examples. But you said, my mom would say, I love my job, but you never seen her joyous. You didn't see her joyous until she was pursuing something that was outside of the job that probably gave her a sense of hope, a bigger vision. You said goals and dreams and stuff like that, right? And uh, and so I, I was curious, I'm like, man, I wonder how much of that, and, and, and knowing your mom, she's just a beautiful soul and spirit. She probably really truly did love some aspect of the job, but I wonder how many people actually say that same call, I love my job or I enjoy it or whatever. And it's not 100% honest, I think. I think sometimes I wonder how much of it is like trying to convince themselves, right? Because like our, our brain can be programmed for the most part, but, 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 but our heart can be disconnected from that. And so you had this example of somebody that was outside of work chasing entrepreneurship and control of time and big vision and big goals and big dreams. Um, but at the same time, still telling you to find a good job. Right. And I think, uh, I think there's something important for people to know that are on this journey is that a lot of times, if not a hundred percent of the time, when you have family that loves you, uh, especially like your parental unit, they're going to keep to tradition, quote unquote, meaning go out, get a good education and get a good job. But I want you guys to understand that system's broken for the most part, right? It's so broken. And so let me tell you a little bit about my journey, bro. I had the exact opposite. I just had hardworking parents and they never wanted, well, actually I shouldn't say they never wanted. My father has always wanted to be a business person, an entrepreneur. He's always wanted that control. He's always wanted to be his own boss. I remember multiple times throughout my life, he said, man, if you can figure out a way to be your own boss, if you can figure out a way to be your own boss. Um, and he had visions and ideas and, you know, he's pitched some of these ideas. And um, my mom just being, you know, incredibly responsible and always caring about, you know, the best interests of the family first and foremost, never supported that idea for fear of failure, right? Like we can't afford for that not to work. And I understand that and I respect that. And actually a part of me appreciates that as a parent myself, right? You want the best for your children, but bro, there was always a right? And now, you know, in entrepreneurship, no risk, no reward. We've all heard that kind of stuff. Oh, but yeah. dude, I, I, I started as an employee at like 15, 16 years old, right? One of my teachers would pick me up and he had a landscaping business on the side and he'd pick me up and I'd go cut grass and stuff with him. And I just thought it was the coolest thing that he had like, I don't know, this business that he could run and, you know, and he would pay me and he'd feed me and all this stuff, dude. And it, it was pretty cool. And I always loved that idea, but I, I had the seed planted from my dad that if you could figure out a way to be your own boss, like you'd be winning. So I loved that idea. But the seed that actually sprouted in my mind was 
get a job, it's consistent, right? Like that fear mm-hmm. of failure from, from my mom's side. And, um, and I think you could utilize both, but here's what I did. I actually ended up in the restaurant industry for about 15 years. I thoroughly enjoyed about 12 of those years bartending and meeting people and stuff like that. But my wife and I, um, we, we, we got pregnant, we bought a house and we got married kind of in that order, a little bit out of, you know, the norm, but that's what happened. And when I found out I was going to be a father, Alex, uh, the responsibility bug hit me. And so I went the only natural route that I knew how to go. And in the restaurant business, that was go from like, you know, employee to like uh, running the place manager. So I started climbing this corporate ladder. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, man, I hated it. And uh, like nothing against climbing the corporate ladder, if that's your thing, or management or whatever the case may be. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to knock that. But for me, I hated it. I hated, like what you mentioned, the lack of control. I hated the fact that people had a thumb on me. I hated the fact that um, I was taking work home, that I was finishing schedules on my days off, that I was doing conference calls and mandatory meetings on my days off. I hated the fact that my bosses Mm. wanted at the beginning of the year, January 1 of every year, they wanted my entire family's plans as far as agenda, vacation, days off, a year in advance. And I'm like, who plans that? Like, not only are you taking hours away from my family, but you're taking away all spontaneity, all fun and this and that, right? And, uh, and so I did that for about three and a half years. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian and, and he works and comes in the most unexpected of ways. But after about three and a half years, Alex, of my wife and I playing basically an adult version of tag with a with a toddler, right? Like mm. tag, you're it. She'd get home from work and then I'd go to work in, in the evening. So we never had quality time together. Um, but hey, as parents, you do what you got to do and you make that sacrifice for the better of your family. Um, and so we just, that got to be the norm. What was surprising is, is that our oldest son was noticing and realizing that and about three and a half years old he uh he's standing in front of the garage door that I'm trying to run out to get to a job that I hate but I was running a little late for and I didn't want to get in trouble you know um Mm. and so I turned to run out the door and I almost truck my boy and uh, he has the saddest look on his face and he says daddy I never see you and mommy together now bro I don't know if you could imagine that Hearing that as a, as a parent uh, from your child, um, mm. especially a three and a half year old, when all you're trying to do is provide a good life and ensure that they're happy, right? And what he wasn't seeing was the most critical thing for him. And that was a lack of relationship between his parents. And bro, I can't tell you what that drive to work looked like. I know that I cried. I'm getting a little worked up right now. I'm trying to hold it back. Um, But I sat in the parking lot for about 10 minutes that day and uh, fighting with myself on whether or not I was going to turn my keys in and that was going to be my last day. But I kept hearing my dad in my head, bro. He said, you're a man, you have responsibilities, you can't quit, you can't quit. Like, that's what kept playing in my head. So long, long story long, I walked in, didn't quit. But that same exact day that my son told me, daddy, I never see you and mommy together. It was a day where all of the big bosses were at work. Now they're in usually at different times throughout the year, but never all at the same time. 
And so my GM general manager was there, the area director was there, the area vice president and the regional vice president were all there at the same time. And check this out, man, this is how good God is. I walk in the door and I see all four of these gentlemen directly in front of me and all of them, it's like you could feel that they're high strung, the energy was all negative. They're all kind of like, I don't know. It was just, it was a weird vibe. It was a weird feeling. They're all balding, which, you know, I can blame them now, I guess, if you look at my dome, you know, it, it was work. Um, but they're all balding. Uh, a couple of them had been divorced. Uh, a couple of them more than one time, right? And, uh, and honestly, man, what I had was a moment of clarity, Alex. I, I literally realized that if I stayed on that same tr track, that same road, I was looking at my future. Now, my son told me, Daddy, I never see you and Mommy together. And here I am looking at four guys that have no relationship with their spouse, unless it involves it, 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 outside of it being built around wow. work. And, wow. uh, and bro, I'll tell you, man, um, my frustration was at an all-time high. My reason kind of matched my frustration, which was, man, I got to save my marriage. I got to save my family. I got to be an example uh, to my son and I have to be present above all else. And so, um, needless to say, man, I took a step back. I actually ended up going back to bartending and, uh, and then I, and, and then I found a business opportunity. It presented itself and it had presented itself on three different occasions prior to mm. before I decided to do it, but I did it, man. And I made a sacrifice for, for a short-term sacrifice, right? So I, I did go back to bartending and I'd be, bro, I'd be working until sometimes 3.30, sometimes four o'clock in the morning, depending on how busy we were. I'd get home at like 4.30, 4.45. I'd take a shower and then I'd, I'd fall asleep on the couch on purpose. And here's the reason why it was on the couch was because I knew that if I went up to my bed, I would be too comfortable to wake up early enough to go down to the office and take care of business. And so I'd fall mm. asleep on the couch on purpose, knowing my wife would come down and be like, shake the crap out of me and say, hey, get up, it's time to go to training, you know what I mean? And go to the office and, and go do what I gotta do to build what we've been building now for the last six years. And so my, my journey into entrepreneurship was obviously a different path, but it really was that frustration. It was the want for control. And, uh, and those types of things, but it was really to keep the nucleus in my household together, man, and even get it tighter. And, uh, and we've been able to do so, but, um, shoot, man, and you said something uh, there that stuck out to me, man. Appreciate the, appreciate the openness, man, of that story, man. Like that's, that's gonna, listen, that was fire, man. And that's, it's real. You know what I'm saying? You can't step around the truth. <laughs> you know no. what I'm saying? You can't step around the truth, man. One thing that, um, that that I noticed that you said towards the end there was, um, present, you know, business presented itself three, you know, maybe a, a three times you said to you. And yep. when, you, when you said that, you know, made me think like we have, you know, you have to be mentally ready for things to, to be seen fully, you know, um, for me to take, you know, just talking about myself now, and I, and I, um, I send it back to you on this end, you know, for myself, a business had to take it twice, right? I was a little frustrated at first, but I was insanely frustrated and totally open the second time, right? Same information, same same everything, right? But I seen it two two different types of ways. Like 
Yeah, I literally seen it two different types of ways. But I wasn't, the first time I wasn't mentally ready. So even if I decided to do something at that point, I probably would have crashed and burned, you know, fairly quickly because I wasn't mentally ready, right, to take a hold of that opportunity. So tell me about like kind of the three times that, you know, that, that, that a business kind of, kind of came into your, kind of came into your realm and, and why it took those three times for you to, for you to see it that, that type of way. Well, I, I think uh, the reason why it took those three times, man, uh, honestly, up front was uh, that initial seed of fear that I had in my mind. It, it was kind of complacency and it was it was comfort. Here's the bottom line, man, that, that industry could be a tough industry, the restaurant, but it's not rocket science, man. And honestly, I was pretty good at it. I've all, I, I was pretty good with people. I was making a decent enough income. Um I just wasn't dissatisfied enough. So really all three times that it presented itself, I just kind of shrugged it off. Like, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. And, and really what that was is that was being dishonest to myself, man. Cause I wasn't good deep down inside. I literally <laughs> hated the job, dude. Like I, like I was acting so much. Um, I, I hated the job, but as soon as I walked in, I'm like, Hey, how's it going? Dude, it was such a front dude you know what i mean oh man i think that's oh, what stood dude. out to me about your story when your mom was like and again i she probably did love her job but i know a lot of people that say that and they don't and i feel like they're just trying to convince themselves and that part it stood out to me because i relate to it because i would go into work and be like everything's hunky-dory things are good right it's like when you walk down the street people are like hey how you doing you're like good Dude, and you're not good. You know what I mean? Um, and so I really, that's all it was, is I was just being dishonest to myself. And those three times mm. that it presented it, I lied. I, I, you know, I lied to myself and I convinced myself that I was okay. Um, but that mm. frustration just hadn't hit the breaking point, really. Um, but, I, but it was there. It just wasn't at, you know, the peak that it needed to be at, I guess, so to speak. Um, wow. That's a man. That's a man. I'm sure that hit a lot of y'all right across the head right there. You know, things, um, but we, but we gotta be, we gotta be ready. Right. And sometimes, you know, I, and we see this all the time, especially in our field, right. You know, where we see people's situations, <laughs> we see people's situations and we know their situation is screaming out, help me, help me, help me, help me. <laughs> but the person is like, eh. I'm good. Hey, we're, we're okay. I think we're good. Um, I think we'll be all right. Or they're in, you know, they're literally in denial, you know, of their situation. And a lot of it, like, you know, like we were saying before, it's, it's programming, really. It's really yeah. programming. And um, that little, you know, that fear bug, you know, that, that, that little bit of fear is so huge you know, in their, you know, it's taking up all their vision to where they can't really see past it, you know, into like, well, shoot, the real fear is I'm going to stay here and I'm going to be dissatisfied for the next however many years there or an assortment of careers or jobs, I'm going to still be dissatisfied. And, and it might not be money sometimes because mine wasn't necessarily an income deal. It was, you know, I wasn't in control of my situation. So some people when they make the money, but they don't have the control of the time the, you know, uh, you know, and, and it sounds like kind of, kind of similar with your, with your, you know, with you as well. You were like, well, you know, I was doing kind of good. Like I felt, you know, I felt like the income wasn't really an issue. It was my lifestyle. 
Yeah. You know, and I couldn't do what I really wanted to do with my time. You know, and I think that's a lot of folks out there, man, is their time, you know, is, you know, they're, they're stealing, they're stealing time from their family is what, is what it really comes down to. You're stealing time from yourself and from your family and us figuring out a way or being blessed enough to, for somebody to take that leap of faith and introduce us to something because they could have been scared and they could have been fearful themselves. Right. Right. But they took that leap of faith, like, you know what? I'm not going to be fearful today. Let me just offer it to them. And that literally forever changed our lives. Man. Like, it changed my life totally if yep. it isn't just for how I think, you know, and, and, my, and my focus on progression and moving forward and not being just satisfied. Where I was so, um, you know, man, man, I just see a lot of folks, man, just like, man, I'm, they're, they're, they're satisfied with, you know, they like, man, like they're good, but they complain all the time. <laughs> yeah. Man. So like, bro, like how good are you? You know, it, like I, I feel so often, and I don't know why this keeps standing out to me, man, but I, I honestly feel that people just aren't honest and they're just not real. Mm -hmm. And they take these actions and they use these words in hopes of convincing themselves. Right. Like in, in hopes of convincing themselves that they're OK or, or maybe or honestly, you know, maybe what it might be too, dude, is it might just be, man, they've thrown in the towel. It, it might just be that like, hey, they've just kind of accepted that this is the way it is. And, you know, these are the cards I was dealt and at least I'm playing my hand. And uh, man, for me, I just kind of I, I got to the point uh, again, bro, where I refused to accept that um you know i just refused to accept that i i didn't i didn't want that to be the way that it was and bro, honestly i'm kind of a rebellious person i grew up a rebellious kid my wife's over here looking like i'm probably still rebellious even towards her and she's not she's not a parent right but she's my spouse and one of the most important people in my life but man i will go above and beyond to rebel what i didn't like dude honestly about having a job was having to ask permission like here I am, a grown man in my 30s, and I'm asking permission to spend time with the people I'm working for, right? Like how, how bizarre is that, dude? You know what I mean? And again, no knock. Like if that's you, some people just like having a job and they don't mind. For a person like me, I hated it. I hated it. Mm. I hated having to do that, dude. And I, and I, I and it, yeah, like I just didn't like it, man. And I don't, I don't want this to feel like I'm bashing employees. Like they're important, right? Like you know, we need them. <laughs> yeah, we need them, right? Like <laughs> we need them to run the coffee machine or whatever. Like I, yeah, man. And no, not mine was the word boss. The word boss, just like you know, outside of just like the uh, the um, you know, like like kind of just the uh, the. the the slang aspect, like, hey boss, what's going on, man? You know, like, like we talking to somebody, yeah. but it's like, no, this person's my boss. Like they have control of what happens to my life. You know, you that know, bro, was brutal I, to me. Yeah, I mean, how crazy is it that like, and I don't know if a lot of people have realized this dude, but I heard somebody say it. I, I one of our mentors in the business, um, Ed Milet, right? He had mentioned, he's, he, I heard him say one time, he goes, look, 
having a job and having a boss, they, it actually controls more than you think because essentially they control where you live, don't they? Right, like based on the income that they're willing, they control where you live. They control the type of schools your kids go to. They control the type of future your kids might have, whether they go to college or not, all based on a salary, right? Like, hey, you're going to trade hours of your life for 15 bucks an hour or 22 bucks an hour, whatever that number is, insert that number. And for me, I just came to a realization where, where I felt like my time was more valuable than, than what they could ever pay me right? Than mm. what they could ever pay me. Um, and so, you know, it's crazy, dude. Like I heard an acronym one time, uh, Alex, and, and it was, uh, it was, it's P-O-O-R. And I know you've heard of this too, right? Because it spells out poor, right? But what does the acronym mean? It says passing on opportunities regularly uh, or routinely, one of those two. Of passing on opportunities regularly. And, and, and when I when I hear that, I don't think monetarily. I don't think like, oh, they're poor, they're living on the street, they're eating like ramen noodles every night. Like that's I think mindset. Like how many people just have this poor, broke down kind of I've settled mindset, right? Like I said, they just kind of figured this is the card that I was dealt, or the cards I was dealt, and, and their mindset is poor and broke or broken, however you want to look at that. And they just continue to pass on opportunities. They've literally thrown in the towel on their belief. And we just brought on a lady who's 67 years old, dude. And she was like, I'm taking this thing and I'm running with it. She doesn't need to work, but she just wants this. She wants something more, right? So she still has mm. this burning desire and this fight in there. And it's not too late. And I'll tell you what, dude, she's probably going to hit seven figures in the next what would you say? They like three to four years probably is what I'm guessing. Like she's so hungry, so driven and she's built up to this moment. Uh, it was one of the things exactly that she said. So, um, man, I know we were kind of, we went off on a tangent. I know we wanted to talk about like the decision-making process, but I think all of this kind of, kind of ties into it. It does. Uh, you know what? It absolutely does, Ben. And, and what you just hit on made me think of another thing. You know, especially that my let says, man, people's will to win is for sale. Fire. Right? Yep. Their will to win's for sale. That's what it really comes down to. Cause you know, the job puts a price tag on your will to win and go out and get after it. Right? You know, you take a tiger, you know, that's been in captivity or been at the zoo that's always been getting kind of spoon fed its meals every day, right? And you take it and put it out into the wild, it's not gonna know how to eat. It's not gonna know out there and get it and win, right? Because their will to win has been, you know, it was born and it was, you know, it could have came from captivity where it had to fight and eat for food. You had to fight and, you know, basically fight to, fight to live every day, fighting for every meal, right? to where they get into the zoo or they get captured or whatever, get put into the zoo, right. right? And now every day they don't have to fight for their food. So guess what? That muscle of fighting for food, it diminishes and diminishes and diminishes and diminishes and diminishes. And after a while, it forgets to fight for food. You know, insert your analogies here, you know, like the elephant that grew up with a little stick in the, the, stick in the, stick in the mud and, you know, grew up when it was a baby, it couldn't get itself loose. Right, it was tied. It was tied to a rope into a small little stick, maybe this big. When it was, a, you know, a baby elephant, it grows up. It's 
a 20 ton elephant or whatever elephants weigh. Yeah, it's unstoppable right? it's, essentially. And it's tied to still this little stick, right? And the elephant thinks, you know, I can't move because I'm tied to the stick, so I can't go anywhere until I'm untied from the stick. But that's what's happened to a lot of people. That's what happened to me for years. My will to win was for sale until my dissatisfaction with my situation caused me to, you know, really think think about going outside of my box. It wasn't necessarily outside of the box, but it was outside of the box that was placed around me, you know, due to a lot of just situational things and right. being comfortable, you know, it's like, you know what, man, I have this, you know, but what happens if I fail? That's what, that's what most people think. That's what I thought, man, what's going to happen if I fail? But what's happened if I say, you know, instead of thinking about what's going to happen if you fail, what's, what's going to happen if you win? What's going to happen when you don't give up? What's going to happen when you actually decide to go after? What's going to happen when, you know what, you bet on you for once. Bet on you for once, right? You're either going to win or you're going to learn something about yourself, man. You're gonna bet on you. You know, that's, you know, you know, let's take it in, into that aspect, you know, when it comes to that. So deciding to win, all right, so, so making that decision now and deciding to go into business, what are some things that people can do to help them with really just taking that leap of faith? And like, what are some things that, that you would just think of, you know, to help with people, you know, taking that leap of faith and, and uh, embedding on themselves? That's an interesting question. What, like, what, what can they decide to do? I, I mean, I think, I think first they, they, that level of frustration, I think is a must. I mean, because if you don't hate something enough, uh, you're just going to accept it, right? Like, it, like there's, if you don't have a want to change, you're going to accept it and you'll stay complacent and stuff like that. Um, so I think, I, I mean, honestly, dude, what I had to do was I had to take an honest look in the mirror and just have an honest conversation with myself. It was, it was, do you not where you are supposed to be? You're not living up to your full capabilities. So I think one is if you are dissatisfied, then accept the fact that you're dissatisfied and then go out and try some stuff, like make a decision that you're going to do something different. You, you, you mentioned that earlier, right? Like you can't do the same thing and expect different results. And, uh, and, you know, dude, I know people that like their job, that truly enjoy their job, doctors and nurses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But they know that, that, that that's only going to take them so far. So you may love your job, but if it's not going to get you to those goals, those dreams, that vision that you have, if it's not going to, you know, if it doesn't break that that, that chain that you're trying to break as far as legacy and, and generations to come in your future and, and the lineage, if it doesn't do that, then, then, then add something to that and make a decision that you're going to commit some time to accomplishing those goals and, and that mm -hmm. vision and stuff like that. But, but what I would say is, yeah, make that decision. If you are dissatisfied with your situation, understand that that's okay. And it's actually the fuel that you might need to go out and start and put your head down and charge. Um, and even if you're not, there's something probably that you're, that, 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 that you wanna get that your current situation is not gonna allow you to get as much as you love it, right? Like I know teachers that love being teachers nine months out of the year, but three months they're freaking scared and living like really small because there's no income coming in. 
right? Mm. Like and stuff like that. So um, decision making is important. Knowing what you want is important. But then I think acceptance of the truth, if you are dissatisfied, like accept that, be honest with yourself and then make a decision to go out and find something that, that, that may help you. Um, and then accept fear too, man. Fear is okay. I, um, it could be a great weapon, right? Like Rocky called it Frankie <laughs> fear in one of the, in one of the movies, but dude, I like, here's my take on fear is uh, fear is just faith in the wrong. What if and I think we get so paralyzed by the, what if, has insert pessimism right versus mm-hmm. say man it's okay to be fearful but the second you push past that fear like you push past it man that becomes a win and a victory and you just got some wind beneath your wings um and, and so to utilize that and chalk it up like it could be every time you you you, you push past that fear it's like you just gave yourself a trophy you know what i mean oh, man and um, and man, you start loading up your shelves with some trophies, and uh, and I think you're on track to changing your life for the better. I, I think realizing that you know we all have a pen in our hand and a blank page in front of us every single mm. day, and we get to decide what we're going to write on those pages. And the story's not over. Um, and I think a lot of people have just decided that. The, the story's been done and they're just, you know, just turning the pages, man, but not realizing mm. they can, they can write that. Um, I don't know if that answered the question, but yeah. I, I take on it. It's very simple, but make a decision and know what you want and be honest with yourself. If, 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 if what you want, you can't get in your current situation, then you better do something different. Otherwise mm. don't complain. Like you mentioned, man, um, man, per- amazing fire and if he hit you he didn't mean to miss you you know um you know man and and fear man big deal Uh, so huge that's i think the that's the first thing that stops anybody from doing anything is fear um but your first step past fear once you take that first step past fear you have now entered into the courage realm right you're now entered into courage mode um once you take that first step past fear and not giving into it and you know, that's huge. And, and, and I would think of one, one more thing to add to that is when it comes to, when it comes to making decisions, especially about improving yourself, improving your situation, what's your level, you know, and, and I want the people to think about this. What's your level of exposure right now to things outside of what it is that you're currently doing, if it's just for work, um, if it is a current business that you're doing that may be not succeeding or whatever, um, if it's something along those lines, then what is your exposure to things outside of that realm, right? Um, who Do you only hang out with people that are nurses? Do you only hang out with people that have jobs? Or do you know any people that have successful businesses? Do you know anybody that has success? And if you don't, there's a lot of books out there that you can go out, you can literally buy 20, 30 years of experience for like 10 bucks, right? <laughs> for, for a little money at all, you can literally buy, you can buy years of experience. And all I do is kind of consume books and knowledge and those things. But I just challenge people to go out there and seek, their, you know, to seek mentorship, 
you know, around them, you know, seek, you know, if there are people that, that you know of that have, you know, that may, that may possibly live a, a you know, may have great uh, family relationships that you know around around you, right? So if you wanna increase your family relationship, maybe with your spouse or with your children, um, then seek out somebody that has, a, that you see that has a great relationship with their spouse and with their kids. Seek out those people and ask, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> ask them. People, people, love giving, people love giving knowledge, by the way, right? Um, if you see somebody that has a successful business right, and you may work a job, then seek out knowledge from that person and literally just ask. You know, a lot of things about, you know, I've had to go through a lot of headaches in my life because I wasn't willing to ask. And the moment I built up the courage and moved past fear just to ask the question, people were like, well, yeah, of course I'd be willing to help. You know, a lot of people are willing to help you. Right, and I would focus on you know people that are that are around you, maybe in your sphere or close to you, or you know maybe a couple of relationships away, maybe a friend of a friend, maybe ask a friend, hey, who do you know that's this, this, and this? Insert what you want out of your life there, you know. And if your friend may know somebody like that, well, guess what? Seek out that relationship and that mentorship, right? Yeah. Some of the some of the mentors that we have, you know. We're exposing them here on the podcast, like Ed Milet and then Greg Pops and then Jamie Villalobos is and, you know, and the, um, thousands of people, right? Thousands of mentorships that, that we get, you know, we get a lot of, you know, along with a lot of other people, right, that, that, that are mentors to us, you know, seek out those relationships. And if you have people that are willing to mentor you and willing to help you and give you information and advice and you're not taking it <laughs> and you're not doing anything with it, you know, with it, um, you know, then, then I, then I challenge you to grow, um, challenge you to start taking that advice and you and utilizing it, you know, especially somebody's mentoring you for free <laughs> and giving you great advice and information for free. Um, utilize it, you know, you, you know what, bro? I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent with whoever's tuning in and who is whoever's still with us at this point. Um, I, I, I want to be honest, like, please know that whatever I'm saying is not, I'm not speaking at you. I'm actually speaking for myself because these are things that even now I will still struggle with. Oh, um, facts. You know what I mean? Twice like, for me. <laughs> bro, I'm, 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 what, you know, we're on a journey. We're, we're nowhere near where we where we want to be. You know, what, what we're trying to do is, you know, share what we've come across because we do have world-class mentorship. But man, I, I'm guilty of not acting at the speed of instruction. I'm guilty of hesitation and procrastination. And 90%, mm. 99% of what I just said, I needed to hear myself say it because I just like punched myself you know what I mean? And and with it, and um, and so we're 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 not perfect here, guys. And, Works in um, progress, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. But uh, but the difference is, if you haven't started that journey and you've been thinking about it forever, the difference is is that we have started it, and uh, and hopefully we can add some value in in that process, man. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I, just, <laughs> I, out, I had to throw out that disclaimer. Yeah, you know what I mean? I don't want people to think that, you know, we're talking at them. Like, we're, ho we're hoping to just add some value and maybe give you a little bit of courage that you might need. Hey, um, just a little and knowing juice. that you can do it. 
<laughs> just a little bit of juice, man. And, um, you know, and, and I think you know, this, this can actually be, I think, a, a part one and part two, I feel like, um, with this one, man, um, when it comes to uh, making decisions. So, so I'm thinking on, on the next one, episode 2.5, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we'll have part two to this one when it comes to sit when it comes to making decisions. Um, and then we'll, and then we'll trickle some other things in there as well, but, but here, you know, decision-making and being quick to make decisions and slow to change them. That's something I've struggled with that I've struggled with all the, that I've struggled with all the time. Cause I'm such a, you know, cause I bounce lily pad, the lily pad, the lily pad mentally, you know, because my mind tends to go from, man, this is cool. This is great. This is great. But I get, I get bored really quick. You know, like I get like, like I have to stay you know, excited and it has to be fun for me to continue to keep doing it. Right. You know, they, you know, that's going to be a good one, man. Like, how do you continue when, when the process isn't always fun? How do you continue to do it? That'll probably be, uh, that'll be one for the books. <laughs> how do we continue when the process stops being fun? You have to find ways to make it fun for me anyway. Um, but yeah, man, like, so, so I think for the next one, man, we'll, so we'll continue with this um and, and trickle and trickle some other things in there man but this was fire man i enjoyed great. it man. and this was this was more for me i think than it was for anybody else so thank absolutely, you absolutely man <laughs> <laughs> decisions man decisions decisions man so we appreciate you guys hopping on today and remember please like subscribe right comment you know let us know give us some give us some opportunities um let us know of some opportunities of improvement as well, right? You know, so give us suggestions, man. Uh, we really appreciate it. And just remember, pressure, no diamonds. Peace, you guys. <laughs>